Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start off like this. A little tribute to B. Smith. Let's go. Just with a dip though. Even she mad at you, cause you fucked up the play. Yeah, you stat ass fat, but you know that don't change. Something on, something wrong. I swear to god that bitch crazy. The shit I done with me. Fucking these bitches. I swear y'all don't know. And you ain't no different. If you gon' play victim. <laughs> Fuck it, I hate you. Fuck it. This time I mean it. Last time you hit me, that test got deleted I said, fuck it, I hate you, but you don't believe me Why do I hate you, damn, it's just too many reasons R.I.P. B. Smith, let's go Gone too soon I need a rider To go down and slide up Stick shit, babe Cause you gotta drive it uh, uh. Girl, don't try to fight it uh, When I'm all up inside it All up in it You're shifting the gears on my stick shit, babe You got me excited Last one, then we gonna get started. Let's go. Jack on the rocks, and we ain't even got back to the car. Yeah. 
R.I.P. B. Smith. Welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bowties. It's the Kid XAB, and I am here with the beautiful, amazing Sapphire Marie. I spelled it right this time. <laughs> <laughs> I made sure to spell it right this time. How are you, Queen? I am so good. How are you? I'm excellent. So, as an alumni of the show, mm-hmm. you know that we tend to do something called the all-man moment. Do you have one of those for us today, or do we just jump right in? Not this time. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to jump right in to these topics. The first topic is you, though, (laughs) because I haven't seen you in God knows how long. The audience hasn't seen you in God knows how long. You're going to try and say that's my fault. I mean, if the shoe fits... (laughs) No. I don't know, man. I Not feel to point fingers. Two years is crazy. You know what I mean? I was saying we don't think you love the boys no more. Never that. I'm just saying, Not like even. it's all love on this side. It better be. All right. <laughs> so as uh I've already said, we're so proud of you doing this side. Like the last time we all spoke and we all sat. You were doing modeling, you were doing your makeup, um, and you were doing training, but you have decided since then to focus mainly on training. training. Yep, that is my pride and joy right there. And with that, you've been like excelling in so many (laughs) amazing ways. You got your own space, Mm -hmm. Um, you out here cooking for folk. Oh, yeah, you peeped you. (laughs) These hands get busy. I saw some uh, salmon you was making the other day for meal prep, and I was like, I'm about to jump right on this. I would have brought some today. You should have oh, told see, me. See, <laughs> I I know I had them privileges. I oh, see. You swing me. both ways. You see how it works? <laughs> so, um, I guess give the people an update. Like, tell them a little bit about what's going on with Sapphire Marie and the business. And, you know what I mean? Um, well, it's been two years that I've been doing this full time. No other side hustle, no nothing. Just full two years entrepreneurship. It has its highs and lows. Um, not gonna lie, starting out it was really rough, especially with time management. Because mm-hmm. the only thing I was thinking about was you know breaking even. So I'm trying to work as much as I can, right. while forgetting oh I have to take care of myself, my right. training, personal life. If I had one at the time. <laughs> so yeah so so it was really hard because i was just so focused and this was a new path for me that i've never fully um given myself to before so i had to learn more to you know give a break for little people and take some time for myself absolutely uh where we are now i'm booked out i want to say about a good 80 percent of the year Compared to my first year, a good eight. Not a flex though. No, no, no flex. Like a hundred would be different. <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, even in my soul seasons, uh, which is usually about let's say Memorial Day to Labor Day, it's usually mm. when it's the slowest because you know summer's here. Why? Right. You right. know, try to get it. I yeah. might as well enjoy myself. Come back right. after. Right. So during even during those seasons within the last year and a half, I've noticed that. I've had a steady clientele ever since, and those used to be like end game for me. 
But now everything is consistent. Um, I'm growing my clientele to the point where bigger spaces in the future by next year. As you said, I started meal prepping because, you know, fitness, nutrition, mm-hmm. the only one go hand in hand. You know I mean? <laughs> so um, I started cooking during the pandemic, actually, because, you know, stuff outside. It was nobody going out to eat. Right. I didn't even trust Uber Eats like that. I was so <laughs> self conscious Nah, it was bad. So there was no choice but to cook. So I just started um, going to the grocery store, getting ingredients for stuff that I would eat normally. Right, and like, let's right. say if I wanted to go out, like a steak or salmon, something like that. And if you recall during that time, they didn't look nothing how they do now. So I just really want to give myself a pat on the back for that because that was not easy. You were selling plates out the Let trunk at first? Bro, out the basement. What you mean? Ooh, I don't even know why I was posting those things. It was embarrassing. But, I mean, after a while, it started to get better, and it actually became very therapeutic for me, and I was just doing it just for the hell of it, even after um, the pandemic was over. And one of my clients, actually, she saw that. She was like, yo, you make these for yourselves almost every day. You do this all the time. Can you give me some? I'm like, I don't, I never really cook for people before. Mm. She's like, no, it looks good. I trust you. Let me buy it off you. I was like, Okay. So I did a meal prep for her the same way I would myself, gave it to her during one of our sessions, held my breath the entire day. (laughs) And she texted me that night. She's like, girl, this is bomb. This is amazing. Gonna need this every week from now on. You should start putting it out there. And so at first I started building it by um, just selling it to my clientele. Mm -hmm. Like I'm familiar with you already. Like I know your body type, your goals, all that. And then from there, the more word got out, I started doing it for any and anybody, and it turned into a whole different venture within itself. So that's like that's a nice little side thing that came out of training itself that I think that I'm going to pursue both simultaneously. I kind of like where that's going. I think that, I mean, <laughs> those are how, like, the best business ideas come about, right? Like, it's always about the demand of what the people want. I I always tell people that, like, Sometimes we have ideas and we are so married to them because that's what we want to be our business. But it's what the people kind of dictate to you at times what it is that they are willing to buy from you. Because you might think, oh, I'll use myself for example. You might think, like, yo, my rapping is like A1. But people might sit there and say, yo, I'll pay you to host, though. I'm not going to pay you to rap right now for whatever reason maybe i'm trash maybe i'm not but i'm not i'm not willing to pay you to come rap at my show but i'm willing to pay you to come host my show because i like the way you host the energy you bring yo you mad funny yo you indeed do x y and z and so that is like all right well i gotta feed the people what they want i can't just feed them what i think they need um and oftentimes the best businesses come from that so you know what I mean? You're in a great yeah. space right now, and yeah. you're just only going to get better, for sure. Trying to get up to you. Get out of here. I don't even want to hear <laughs> not. Don't even. Don't. I mean, look at, yo, I'm not even here yet. I'm so proud of you. I just want you to know that. I appreciate you that. You are an inspiration. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> I, I'm going to believe it. You said it, so I'm going to believe it. Um, But you did say you haven't been able to have a bit of a personal life in a minute, so I am mm. going to ask you about your anime because <laughs> i want to know what your favorite anime is right now because i i feel like you at least got a little bit of time to get that in yo it's so bad like 
you know, two year eternity season. Just I, I haven't gotten past the first episode. Oh man, see that's I, how I know you busy. I, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you breaking my heart right now. That's how I know you. Busy. I don't want to think about yo. Um, my hero, I'm like three seasons behind. JoJo, I'm two seasons behind. Like yo. Yeah, nah, you you bugging out. It's bad, but honestly, um, I'll say I've really been forcing myself to stick to Chainsaw Man at least. A lot of people like that one. Yeah, it's fire. So I'm I'm trying because it comes out every um, it comes out every I believe Tuesday. So Tuesdays are kind of my slow days, so I could kind of catch it. Sometimes I gotta remind myself too. But everything else, yeah, no. That is rough. <laughs> Last thing I watched was uh, JoJo. Um, Last season for me wasn't wasn't my favorite. I heard. Yeah, it wasn't I heard my. Some reviews. Yeah, so they were doing too much. <laughs> they doing, and I don't think it's over yet. It's still, it's still going. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't like this. Like you get six, seven episodes, stop six, seven episodes. I don't like that. Um, but yeah, so that has been JoJo overall. Though, been fire. That's like a sleeper. A lot of people don't realize. That's why I'm so mad. I have. Three, two seasons to catch up on. Yeah. Like, I'm so upset right now. Now, don't tell me nothing. I ain't going to tell you nothing. Because I, I heard gonna... that I'm going to be in for some shit. And I'm just like, yo, all right, I'm, I'm going to get to it. <laughs> I'm going to get to it. Yeah. But, like, top three got to be, it's um, Jujutsu Kaisen, mm-hmm. Demon Slayer, and Attack on Titans. Top one. Did you watch the movie for Jujutsu? Not. You see, this is what oh, I'm you saying. Bugging I'm out. So you bugging <laughs> out. I went to the movies for that. Yo, I was working. Did you see the Dragon Ball Super movie? Nah, it didn't interest me. Nah, that one was fire. You gotta see it. Damn. <laughs> it, You're like, making me look bad. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I'm about to take your card. I'm about to tell Ozzy. Like, yeah, yeah. Yo, chill, bro. No. <laughs> I'm about to tell Ozzy. You like, mean the anime king himself? <laughs> I'm about to Stop. let him know. <laughs> he just allowed me into his palace. Like, chill. I called him after that, too. I was like, yo, bro, you ain't tell me you was going to be here. <laughs> yeah, he had it. Um, what, um, Comic-Con, right? Yeah, he came yeah, to Comic-Con. Yeah, you should have went. He had a whole booth, like, if not half of it was fully dedicated to him. So many people coming up to him. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm from here. I'm from there. I've seen your work. I need this. And he does. It was watching people buy, like, 80 of his pieces at a time. And I'm just like, yo, bro. I had to hit him. I hit him on the show. I was like, yo, bro. And he was like, yo, yo, I'm here to Tuesday. But I'm in school now. So it was, it was I'm unable. I don't have time like I used to. I've been telling people this for the longest. They ain't believe me until now. Like people be hitting me up on social media like, yo, I miss our conversations. I I, I ain't got it. I ain't got <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I ain't got it. But um, but yeah, I, I missed the opportunity to, to, to see him. But next time he's here, I'm definitely going to pull up. Um. And make sure that's a thing. But all right, so we about to revoke your card. That's no, where we at with can it. Can you give me like to the end of the year? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the Christmas break for sure. Okay, please, because that's what I was giving myself. Because usually during that week, I got just a little slow, it's quiet. It's Christmas week into New Year's, so let me just binge. Yeah, because after I'll start fresh in January, after January is over for you though. Oh yeah, no, because that's when everything. That's when everybody wanna, <laughs> you know, what I mean, drop thirty pounds in two days. That's. Exactly. So that's why I was like, yo, it's starting to pick up now. I think Thanksgiving is like a little trigger for them. It's like, all right, let me book you starting December. (laughs) 
So, you know, I solidify my spot for January and keep it going. Yeah. So they starting to pick up on that. So that's what I'm saying. January to March is over. It's quiet for me. You are not seeing me. You're going to see my clients more than me. All right. But that one week, Christmas, New Year's, I got you. Right, Give me a call January 2nd. I'm it, caught up. It's, I promise. I'm about to schedule it. <laughs> about to put it right in my calendar. I'm about to be like, yo, where you been at? Like, with, let me... Give me an update. <laughs> What's your favorite right now? Just on Crunchyroll and Funimation back to back. There's nothing else on. Just not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, with that being said, right, you did bring up um, your clients and things like that. So, from when I like observe and see you, you don't have a unique approach in the sense of like you're saying something you, you you came up with like this crazy whatever but you have a unique approach in the sense that your clients don't necessarily have to change their lifestyle to some extreme methodology in order to get the results that they're looking for and, and that they want on that. right so can you talk a little bit about that so with my program the way it works it's pretty much you're getting lifestyle coaching at the mm. same time as personal training so I don't go for the quick fix. I don't go for, okay, you know what? You want to lose 10 pounds? We'll get it done in two weeks. You want to get a skinny waist and a slim butt? We'll do it in a month. Right. All of that is doable. I can do it. I have done it. You've seen my clients before and after. There's right. girls that will testify to this. However, the way I train you, you'll probably be with me maybe a month or two longer than you have to be because I'm literally teaching you step by step the exercises, the routines, the diet, the nutrition, everything that you're going to need to carry this with you for the rest of your life. Right. I can't tell you how many people got comfortable with me to wherever their body goal was, left, and either lost it or gained all of it back. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know what happened. Like, it was great for a couple months, and then now I'm back to where I started. And it's like, okay, you got to remember maintenance. Right. A lot of people forget that. They think it's just get there and done. Like, no, even me, I get asked all the time, why are you still in the gym? Why do you still work out? There's nothing left for you to fix. I was like, okay, but remember, I didn't always look like this. Right. I literally built this over a couple years. And granted, I might not lose it overnight, but I promise you, I've seen it happen. My first year of training, I didn't stick to my regiment, what diet, what training, mm. what sleep. And I literally lost probably a good 20 pounds. I went back to being a good 130. Mm. And I haven't seen that weight since I was in college. Right. So it, my body is going to naturally regress over a couple months to back to where it's supposed to be. Right. And a lot of people, their body is the same way. You have to get reconditioned. So that's what I train. I train strength training and body conditioning. And the way I do it, it's so that once you leave me, you can go to a gym and know exactly what to do to either maintain where you're at or get better. Right. And the same thing with nutrition. You have to eat every day. So once it becomes a habit, it's going to be second nature. It's something you don't even think about anymore. And that's what people I don't think realize when it comes to training in general is like you're conditioning a new lifestyle. Right. right. And if you do it too extreme, you're going to snap back because you can't maintain it's, eating two peanuts in the morning. Unrealistic. Right. A, a, a glass of water <laughs> and some salad at the at night like that. Your body is going to reject that. You could do it probably, like you said, for a month and you'll see those results. But your body's going to reject that and you're going to eat a burger and as soon as you can. Right back to normal. Yeah. You're going right go back to where you started. 15 if, burgers. If not even faster. Right. Right, because your body is going to be trying to, you know what I mean? It, it, homeostasis, it wants to be in a particular space. So you you have to train your body out of that. And 
also you have to again it's a lifestyle you want to be able to still feel like you can go out and eat and it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that oh my god now i gotta be in the gym for <laughs> four years just to get it back no you want to maintain a, a particular lifestyle i think a lot of people don't keep that in mind yeah no nah, everybody's after the quick fix and it's just like yo longevity is the goal right it's for everybody it's anyone will tell you oh i have all the money in the world but as long as i have my health that's the most important thing mm-hmm. you get one body right there's only one you can do whatever you want to it but in the long run the aesthetic doesn't outweigh the internal part of you so Absolutely. a lot of people will look great on the outside can't even walk up a flight of stairs so <laughs> So something like that, yeah, that's mainly what I try to teach. Well, I'm glad to have you here with us. Um, so we're going to get into some of these topics from the week. Okay, uh, okay, okay. We're going to start off with our man's Chris Brown. So Akon says he believes Chris Brown is probably the closest thing um, to Michael Jackson or could have had the same legacy as Michael Jackson um, if certain things didn't happen along his career. Do you agree with that? To an extent, yeah, I do. Okay. Because Chris is an undeniable talent within himself. Yeah. You could, but the thing is, is that you can see the Michael Jackson influence as well. A hundred percent. I feel like that's the only place where he will fall short as mm. far as his legacy. Because Michael was an originator. Right. Chris is, to an extent, himself. Yes, but you can see the noticeable influence. No, I could, I could so see that's that point. The only reason why I feel like he'd he'd have a great dominating legacy, but to be exactly at Michael's level, I don't even think Beyonce could get there. I think that was just like a once in a lifetime thing that we'll ever get to see. Yeah, no, I kind of agree with you. I think that you know, of course, separate of the bumps in the road that he's had along his um, road as an artist. I think that that point is a really, really good one in terms of like he is emulating somebody who already existed. And so, yeah, he's like Kobe to Jordan. Like he's not necessarily what Jordan was, where he originated the game. Like he changed, he transformed the game and it was an original. But Kobe, I don't take nothing away from Kobe, not you know, and that doesn't take anything away from Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, outside of the foolishness, I think that he. He, he probably is going to end up very, very close. I don't know in terms of numbers. Like, he's been kind of low in the numbers category. But in terms of talent, um, there ain't no denying that. Yeah, no. His talent is undeniable. But a lot of what I've been hearing about his music is it's starting to sound the same. Like, it's not as... I don't know. Music right now is not really the best place. To music be. is trash. Yo, the music See, I industry didn't want to be is trash. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Music, <laughs> music industry is dirt right now, a hundred percent. I think Chris's downfall is, I don't know. I know he was playing the streaming game, but those forty, them forty track albums weren't like everything starts to blend into one another at yeah. that point. You can't drop two of those back to back, and then like try and drop something because, like you said, it's going to sound like. It's all been done before. Um, and I think that that's kind of where Chris heard himself. Um, this last album was cool. But like you said, there's nothing we haven't heard from him already. Right. Like, 
not saying he needs to change anything, but it's just like switch it up a little bit. Because yeah. that's what he was doing when he first came out. When he first came out, he was a little 16-year-old sweet boy. Then you saw him getting into the teenager mm-hmm. and then started actually dancing more. Then he turned into the bad boy. So it was like it was a constant dynamic. And I feel like he's just fallen into where he's at and just got comfortable. Well, we got these two tracks from him this week. So let's start off with this one. Gave us a little Christmas something something He said Mariah I'm coming <laughs> Counting down the days There be smiling faces for the season now Somebody I ain't mad at it Whether you young or old We got the presents now I know you know See what this next one sounding like. This one a little slower. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Your name's written at I want some eggnog. Even though I don't drink eggnog, but that's what this song made me. I want some eggnog. I want a blanket. <laughs> All that. I'm crossing off your Christmas list. Open up. Take it out anywhere you want. I'll take you down. No, you wanna be classy, but girl, it's me. We ain't gotta wait around. Let me stand by. Yeah, I'll be playing these during Christmas for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be on my track list. Uh, how you feeling about those? No, I love Christmas music, so they won me over. <laughs> I can't. Nah, I can't even deny that. Yeah, yeah. These two, they got it. All right, Chris. Uh, (laughs) That's the one. Stay right in that lane. Um, They did stop him from doing a Michael Jackson tribute at the AMAs. I I don't don't know what that was about. They still didn't say why. No one knows why. He said that it was random. Um, I guess it was slated to happen. And um, he just got the call, I guess. Yeah, because I saw he had posted like some dance practice routines, and they looked really amazing. So I they look good. Couldn't I can't imagine why they would knock that down. And I haven't heard anything about him recently either. So to me, that was weird. That was a side swipe. That was because, like you said, there there there's no controversial stuff about him right now. He's been pretty low key. The only thing that he's probably been, and this ain't even a big thing, but he's been kind of just. A little upset about his numbers um, on the last album, telling people that they need to revisit it. Um, but even after that, he's had like a successful track um, that wasn't even on this album, was on the last album, but it started to blow back up. So it's it's really interesting. I would love to know. And everybody's asking. like, And I like that, though. The community is coming out and like, hey, if y'all going to do this to Chris, y'all need to give us a reason why. Like, If y'all going to tell him he's not going to be able to perform, we need to know why. Right. So... I think that, that that's pretty dope. 
Nah, he deserves at least a reason. A hundred percent. And we do too. Shit. Very true. Because <laughs> that's the only reason why we was watching. Now, <laughs> I'm real interested to get your take on this. So I'm going to play this clip and we're going to have this conversation. Dated someone, yes. <laughs> and have you ever decided to do like a little presentation of the exes, and you both show pictures? Now, shout see, out to cocktails. Think that man. I say crazy things on this show. You always take it too <laughs> far. Like, so you put a PowerPoint together, like on the phone. We did it with two people. We did our most recent ex, and then we did the most recent person you had sex with. One day I asked him, like, do you think like all of the women you've dated are are pretty? And then oh I, my god I, that's why i wanted to do the presentation because i was like i want to see now i would never see the person's person and be like mm, no he's not cute but like i would never do that <laughs> i would like to see your top five Ooh, the last person one. you had sex with your most recent ex and three other people and don't tell me nobody from high school i saw his girl and i was like oh, i'm prettier than her <laughs> 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 yo they be having some crazy conversations on it. this is like the third time we had to highlight them but um yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done anything like that with someone you were dating where it was like either A, they were interested to see who you used to date before them or B, you was like, yo, the chick before I know the chick before me wasn't wasn't me. So I I think we both came to that conclusion. So there was a need (laughs) because I know she's not. You know, she's not. There's no reason we have to prove it because that's never I think it was just an unwritten rule. It's like, who better? Have you ever seen, like, your partner's exes, like, bumped into them or just come across them and been like, damn, I'm going to upgrade? I can't say that because that would be very shallow of me because what if it wasn't the looks that attracted them? Mm, What if it was just who she was as a person? Because I'm not going to sit here and say I dated 10s out of 10s all the time. I'm not going lower than a 7. But um, sometimes it wasn't just aesthetically. So yeah. Yeah. even if she's prettier, even if she's not, there is no judgment. I feel like all black women are beautiful, or women in general. It, it, there's really no point in me comparing that because y'all had y'all time. It didn't work for whatever mm. reason. But during that time, you guys found something in each other that you guys wanted to emulate. Well, simple as that. I don't. I don't see a point in competition. And like, even if I have seen um, an ex before of one of my partners, and it's just like, oh, okay, she's pretty. Yeah, I've definitely seen a partner's uh, ex or someone that they was dealing with before me. Be like, damn, that nigga fine. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. I'm, now I'm feeling a little self conscious. Nah, but it is what it is. Like, um. Like, um, one of my partners saw a previous ex before. He was like, oh, y'all dated? I was like, yeah, you know, we had something. He's like, yo, I ain't going to no homo, but that's a good-looking dude. And mm-hmm. I was just like, thanks. Mm-hmm. So it's so I've seen guys do it. I've done it. So as far as the comparison thing, it's like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Not. <laughs> I would agree. Like, never in the... See, there's a difference between, like, doing that and being in a space where you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's where they got to where I kind of cut off, cut it off, but I I should have let it play. Where it's like it says you shouldn't really do this unless you are actually very very comfortable. You know you bad yourself, or you know you're attractive yourself. Right. Um, and the physical aspect, like you said, doesn't always play into uh play a, a significant part because to be honest, you know sometimes it's the ones that ain't the the ten out of tens. That got the better hearts because, you know, them tens on both sides of the aisle be a little spoiled. They be mm-hmm. a little entitled. 
They be thinking like, oh, well, I could get a new one of you tomorrow type of mentality. So they expect you to, I guess, like put yourself to the side for them because they used to certain people giving them that type of treatment. So, you know, you get some better, better, more down to earth people that maybe don't even look at themselves as a 10. I, mean, I agree with you. I don't go no lower than a seven. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you lower it to seven to me, yeah, I don't. That ain't. I don't know where just, that's going. But that's just to me. You could be somebody else's ten. You could be someone else's ten. A hundred percent. It's just me. <laughs> it's a me thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, Tia Maori said that she graduated out of her marriage to some extent. Mm-hmm. Weren't her exact words, but she essentially said that. She found herself looking towards her happiness more than the happiness within the marriage. And that's when she realized the marriage was over. How do we feel about those sentiments? Do we graduate? Do we graduate out of marriage? Is that a thing or is there like something else going on there? I, I think she phrased it the way that best suited her situation and Mm. what she was going through. I can't say that across the board. Right. Generally speaking, to me, I don't feel like there's a graduation from marriage. I feel like marriage is a lifelong commitment, whether, you know, good or bad, death do its part. Yeah, you're going to be unhappy sometimes. Yeah, we're going to be 80-20 every other day. Let's see what happens. But I do agree that there is some point that everyone has their limits. Yeah. Everyone has their boundaries. There's some times where it's just your partner is no longer supplying what they were meant to do. And that's when you, as a person, you have to realize you've grown out of that relationship. There's no love laws. There's no animosity. And that's okay. It's just me as a person. I can no longer get what I need from you. Yeah. And that's a conversation to be had. There's work to be done. Or if you both just realize, you know what? my happiness comes more from myself than this marriage then i don't need to be in it yeah like i totally 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 agree with the idea of working at your marriage and working at trying to be happy and it not it's just not happening again and so from that instance you decide to part ways you decide that this is no longer serving anybody and if we continue to just stay in this what are we staying in it for um, and so we dissolved the marriage. I totally agree with that. I do think that her verbiage, unfortunately, lends itself a little bit to, and I don't think it was her intent, mm-hmm. but the way that she worded it lends itself a little bit to this idea and this culture that we've kind of built throughout, I would say, the social media era, where if I am not satisfied and happy, I'm immediately looking to exit i'm not looking to work on i'm not looking to see like all right where am i unhappy let me present this to my partner and let's see if we can together build it so that i am now happy they're happy and we get back on track it almost feels like in today's day and age the moment somebody does something obviously not egregious but they do something that makes you unhappy it's almost like you could go find the next one so you know don't even worry about oh Wait, they don't like this. You could find the perfect person. You can. But I think foundationally, you need to work at certain things as opposed to just the moment you get faced with a little bit of adversity within the relationship, just being like, oh, no, nah, I'm, 
I'm going to dip or, you know what, I'm not happy with you. So I have to find my happiness on my own and cut you out. Sometimes, like you said, in a relationship, you bump into a wall where y'all both are not happy with one another. And does that necessarily automatically mean you leave? Or does that mean that this is a hump? This is an obstacle for you to get over that once you do get over it, your relationship is that much stronger. I would 100% agree with what you said. Everybody's. And I do agree with you, too. And what you said about social media plays a huge, a huge role in this. Because it's like before the saying was like there's so many fish in the sea. But now there's too many fish that you can catch. Mm. Everybody is just so easy access. You just swipe right and you found another soulmate. <laughs> and it's like you don't even have to go to a bar or to a club to meet anybody anymore. It's just right. like let me scroll through a couple of pictures. They look attractive. No, nothing. Let me let me like a couple of those. Right. They're going to be in a DM in three, two, one. There they are. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's become way too accessible to get into contact with new people and with social media we're just so overloaded with um content that people's attention spans is just so short and then that's why they feel this entitlement it's just like if i don't get whatever i want this girl on instagram has it so i'm gonna get it because she could do it i could do it too Mm -hmm. meanwhile you could have your soulmate standing right in front of you but let's just say he doesn't have a six-pack for example right right no she has to do with the chisel abs. Same face. They look the same. The only thing is he just has a flat stomach. The other dude's cut up. I don't want that. He doesn't have abs. He's not fit enough for me. Next. Next. It's so simple now to just overlook things because I I hate it so much. Yeah, I almost feel out of place sometimes. Like I yeah, feel like, like this this generation in today's society is so weird to me because it's not what I grew up in. Like, yeah, you have to adapt. It's gonna move without you regardless. For sure. So I've seen it, I've been able to adapt to it, but I'll still take my observations and just pay attention to how people move and how they act. I've seen people change for the simple reason of social media. Let's say they became an influencer or they wanted to become or got IG famous these days, what mm-hmm. they call them. And then they start doing things or even trying to attain that level. Like you can't even just sit out at a dinner anymore. You need somebody to record you walking in. Right. You need a right. tripod set up at the door by the bathroom. Like you're doing all these extra things. Like, are you even enjoying the moment that you're in? Oh man. I talk about this all the time. <laughs> it's like, we are forgetting to enjoy the moment and yeah. Telling me, Oh wait, can you uh, take a video of me walking through the door? Yes. That takes away from the motherfucking moment. <laughs> Because I'm trying to sit down and eat and have a conversation with you. I ain't trying to fucking be your cameraman for the day. And it's like, yeah, no, of course. You with Bay, you're going to take her pictures. You're going to, you know what I mean, take her videos and all that. But if that's like 40 to 50% of the outing, we're doing something wrong. Like, we're definitely doing something wrong. But 100%, that is where I feel like the mindset is. Is where it's like, oh, yep, nope, he don't got this. swipe yeah (laughs) she don't got that let me not even you know what i mean and it's like yeah sometimes you have to build with somebody though and that is okay it's like it almost feels like we're getting away from the space where that is okay but 90 percent of our parents and beyond that that is literally how they came together all this bullshit about oh you know what i mean you gotta get this person at this level and get that person at that level like, that is not how these families that came before came together. It was this one just got out of the military, and this one has been with her parents, and they came together, and they built whatever empire that they did, and they did whatever they needed to to build the empire that they wanted. Now, yes, 
A lot of our grandparents probably weren't the happiest with one another in the relationship, but a lot of them were. And we're not highlighting that as well. And I'm not saying that things need to be like that. Definitely not like the 1950s. <laughs> Definitely not like like before women got the right to vote. None of that. But what I'm saying is, is like we have to get back to a space where we're giving people an honest chance and not just a superficial one. And I feel like we've been superficial <laughs> For a mighty long period of time. Way too long. It's become so oversaturated nowadays. Especially in the dating pool. It's got fentanyl in it. I'm convinced. <laughs> fentanyl is crazy. Nah, because like... And it's on both ends. It's on males and females. The females, they... I've seen them. And not my friend group, thank God. They're all bosses, as they should. But um, most females nowadays, they just want to be pretty dolled up. Under mm-hmm. 25 with God knows how many surgeries, bodies done. And that's it. That's all you're bringing to the table. I'm a bad bitch. Yeah, that's it. take it's care like, of me. What are, you, what are you doing for yourself? <laughs> and to me, that's kind of frustrating because I'm like, you're so beautiful. You could, you have a following. You could maintain that. You could flip it into anything because it's you. It's what you're selling. But rather than anything putting it to something tangible, you're literally now just become you're selling yourself. And I, I don't think, I don't think many, unfortunately, young women, I don't think they understand that that's not attractive to a man. Like it is attractive to certain men for a particular goal that they're looking for. But if you're talking about someone who you want to build an actual relationship with long term, a lot of men don't want you to just present as a pretty person and that's it. <laughs> like that is not because. If you look at life, there are ups and downs to life. There are times where the most important thing is to have a partner. And that means someone that is there to ride for you and die for you when it's good and when it's bad. And most men can tell if you just pull up talking about I'm pretty and it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, you, oh, you're taking me here. You're not taking me there. Like you giving me energy already. That's <laughs> like, oh, you're not my partner. Like. You're not even like because you can bring up a grievance. I'm not saying you can't be like, yo, babe, Applebee's for the first date ain't going to do it. Like, I, I that is fine. But if you're going to be that's the difference between that and it just being like, oh, take me here. I didn't see you eat McDonald's for five days straight. But now all of a sudden you want the surf and turf at fucking Ruth Chris. Like that is not your lifestyle. So stop it. You know, that is a difference. That is now you become the bill as opposed to. To you actually being my partner and me having to put my best foot forward to make and to ensure that I'm going to be a great partner to you. And that is like kind of where we are is where people want to show up just being pretty. Yeah, unfortunately. But I like I said, it goes both ways as well, because there are some men, like you said, that that is all they want. That is all they need. Yeah know them too they don't need anything no as long as she down for me as long as my my shorty that's my she got my bag she good i'll take care of everything okay that's That's cool that's you you find somebody then she'll find you y'all make that work but in general in life that's not how that works not everybody's a scammer not everybody's making six figures not everybody can afford to have another grown woman as a liability rather than their asset talk about it (laughs) as they're trying to build their own solid foundation and i feel like that got lost because family is no longer a thing Mm. and that's something that is 
eggshells to talk about, especially in our community. How many of us know of somebody, or if not even ourselves, that was raised in a single parent household? That's a fact. It's, the percentage is ridiculous, and that's all we know. That's all we see. So then, how can you, like we were talking about earlier about Chris? He's seen Michael. He's able to emulate him. If you've never had a solid father figure or solid image of family in your life, how can you emulate that? Right. It's up to you to find somebody and build that foundation but nowadays that just seems to be lost like everybody's just co-parenting this co-parenting baby mother baby father i'm like why why aren't y'all getting married anymore like i still haven't been to a friend's wedding and this is weird at this point in my life i'd expect everybody like nope just kids or half-ass situationships and that's what we're settling for it's like y'all don't want the whole nine y'all don't want to be granted me personally, I don't care for marriage, but a lifelong partner, I do desire mm. a solid family, a household. Like, right. you, that's not a goal for y'all anymore. It's just how much clout and money and followers you have. We used to have family matters. Now we have Christian and Blueface. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where we at with it. Like <laughs> to watch now, this is like the hottest TV show to put on. You know what I mean? So and then you what's so crazy that's what chris's image got tarnished for mm. and now they're doing the same thing but because krishan isn't rihanna it's entertainment which is bananas that's crazy it's bananas they made a whole show of these niggas abusing each other literally <laughs> and we see it all the time they post about it blogs post they made a show and we're feeding into this meanwhile chris's career almost got destroyed for the same thing exactly like I said, Krishan's not Rihanna. Blue faces and Chris Brown. They they weren't America's sweethearts. So I don't know. All right, that brings me to this uh, post that was up uh, this week, going around making his rounds. Then, when you meet a woman, stop automatically thinking that this is going to be the woman because you've been in a long term relationship. A lot of times, you decide that you know you want to be a provider for her so you go buy her all of these nice things then you take her to dinner fine dining after a while she treating you like a bank she don't appreciate you she appreciates the things that you can do for her so instead of going out here bossing up trying to buy her everything take her to fine dining take it slow so it can grow look Either she's going to like you for you or she's going to like you for the things that you do for her. Make sure it's the former that she like you for you. And how you can assure that? Slow it down. Just because you got it don't mean you got to spend it. Stop letting these women take advantage of a good man. Mm -hmm. she, she, she gave OG energy. That's what the OGs used to tell the young boys. I love that. Um... Yeah, so how do you how do you feel about that? Oh, I agree. Especially um she said take it slow so you can grow. It's literally what we were just talking about before. Men think that money and power is what attracts women, but yes. But if you're trying to build with somebody, you're not going to attract that. You're gonna mm. attract somebody who wants you for what you can do. Mm -hmm. I you know how many women I've seen with like guys that are complete dirt, but because <laughs> they can <laughs> They can provide things and buy them things and take more vacations. They stick around. That's not stable at all. And that's always weird to me. Do do you know what it is that keeps them in that situation? Is it just the things? Are they attached to the things? It's or? the lifestyle. You mm. become accustomed to a certain lifestyle. So it's like, okay, 
maybe and then you start to think maybe the next guy can't provide this much or maybe mm. the next guy can't give me this kind of quality so and all guys are gonna be guys anyway so let me just stick around right i feel like that's such a a toxic like space to be in where it's like you rationalize things that you're used to for what you want that that's true so all right for you what is the perfect balance of an individual who is presenting as a provider but also presenting with the qual- other qualities that you want is a provider like a huge component of what you need or look for when you're in a relate or when you're dating somebody or is it more so like the qualities that they come with I'm going to say it's a 50-50 because a provider, do you need to provide for me? No, absolutely not. Um, I might be what you call hyper-independent nowadays, but will I accept things that you do for me? Will I ask you for help every now and then if I absolutely need it? Yes. So then at those moments, you would have to be able to. But overall, you need to be able to provide for yourself. You need to be able to pay your own bills, have your own not say everything's set up, but at least the foundation that you're building on. Because like I said, I'm looking for the family. If you can't take care of yourself, how am I supposed to expect you to help me take care of a child and mm-hmm. build a home? That's just unrealistic. So as a provider, you 100% have to be able to provide for yourself. Whatever you can provide for me, I take it in gratitude and appreciation. Is it mandatory? I need to be wine and dined. You have right. to buy me things? No. Got to come with the Louis bag first date. <laughs> but then you see, that's where the quality comes in. A quality man would give me those things just because of who I am. Not even with me having to ask for demand it. Right. It's like, okay, Steph's working hard. She's um, always tired. She's always doing this. You know what? Let me take her on a vacation for a weekend. Or let me cook dinner. Or even like, let's say if we were to live together. Damn, her room's a mess. Let me tidy up for her. Mm. like it's little things like that and then that's where a quality man comes in because you shouldn't have to ask for things like that from somebody who's fully dedicated to being with you for you Mm -hmm. like the aesthetic is great but once you fully get to know somebody you're gonna naturally want to start doing things for them and it's only because you feel that they deserve it she's spitting (laughs) y'all that's why we love Steph. it's real it's real simple it's real simple because it's I feel like this is what a grounded conversation sounds like. You know, people probably look at you and you're gorgeous. You got everything together and they probably assume you're going to be on some like, oh, no, he got a kind. Oh, I'm intimidating. With- <laughs> they don't even talk to me no more. Or if, they, or if they get past a greeting. Oh, my God. I thought you'd be such a bitch. You're so down to earth. Like, no, this is no, you're mad. Cool. I'm yeah. just like the hell <laughs> <laughs> what am i supposed to be like right and then once i start talking about like my business or like what i do or my goals and things it's like you really out here you really putting work in like nah that's that's crazy and every time i hear that i'm like what the hell are you doing <laughs> you mean that's crazy like girls don't talk about you know goals they don't talk about aspirations they don't talk about you know what they actually do or hobbies You'd be surprised, Steph. It's it's bad out here. When I say it's bad, like I have to make a concerted effort now to just surround myself with a particular type of woman. Um, like I've come across a select few, you included, uh, amount of women who I can have like 
conversations that make me feel amazing afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like I have the conversation with them. We're talking. It's good. You could go from here to here to here (laughs) and they can add something, add an opinion. I'm sure women are having the same experience with men. This is not like a, a man to woman type of scenario. I know this is across the board, but I'm talking from my experience and it is, it becomes a struggle. It'd be like, yo, damn, about to have this conversation and it is dirt. It's about to be a dirt conversation. I just got to act like, yeah, oh, wow, the, the new this coming out? Mm. Like, there are a very limited amount of people, I think, in general, who are willing to actually either, one, be able to have intellectual conversations, but two, also be willing and able to learn. Where, like, be be teachable, be learnable, where it's like, oh, you have a, a particular expertise in this field. Let me learn from you about that or let me let you speak or it's like we're in this weird space where everybody wants to have an opinion. But then when they get challenged on the opinion, if it's wrong, it's like they don't want to learn better. They don't want to be put in a better space. Or just see a different perspective. Right. 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 You don't even got to take it. No, just try to see it my way. You don't have to agree, but just a different outlook on life. I feel so many people will be in different predicaments than they are because perspective perspective can change so much absolutely we don't have that anymore it's black or white um i know one thing that we all have the same perspective on is this shanquilla robinson situation scenario um rest in peace to her this was a very very disturbing story um that we all have come across at this point if you haven't Um, This young lady went on a trip with a group of individuals. One of the individuals was named to be her best friend, and the rest of the individuals were named to be friends. Um, However, they went away to Mexico. The original story was something happened to her, alcohol-related, and they they came back to the States without her, told her family, I think the best friend from one account stayed with the family for a couple of days or something like that. Um, But they told the family that she had some form of alcohol poisoning. Um, Later down the road, it became evident through an autopsy that something had happened where it was blunt force trauma. Um, She had a broken neck and broken back. So then the video started to surface um, in between that where there clearly was an altercation. Uh, this one woman was was hitting her, and then apparently there was another woman. The video for that hasn't surfaced, but there was another woman who put her in a chokehold and then flipped her, and they are saying that that was the final act that seemed to have made um, Shanquilla unable to move and potentially probably broke her neck or broke the her back or whatever other injuries that to her demise so it's raising a lot of questions in the community i think about one friendship and two vacationing um and then two things we kind of mentioned already but well let's connect it to the the previous conversation with what are your thoughts on someone you're dating maybe not for over a year who's like maybe let's say three months three months to six months y'all maybe went on like Two dates in the states, but then they're like, "I want to fly you out." What are your What are your thoughts on that? Let's go on a staycation. <laughs> two to three months, I barely know you. 
six months. I don't know you. Maybe a year and a half if I'm comfortable. Yeah. We could do that. But anything else, staycation. I know a couple spots in the city we could go to. We could stay there for a weekend or I could meet you. But we don't need to have a flight nowhere. I would rather be able to say that I know this person yeah. rather than just get up and go. To me, I, like, I don't know you're capable of anything and I'm leaving with you. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nah. I can't do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, this is, I think it's an important conversation because me and D have had it, but to have it with you, I think is important as well because there has been, this is another thing I think social media has kind of pushed to the forefront where a lot of people tend to like flex by saying, oh, he's going to fly me out. Or you've seen videos of a young lady being flown out and then not giving up the goods and a dude being like, oh, well, I'm dropping you to the airport. And then they're being like, oh, well, you know, my ticket ain't till tomorrow. And dude be like, yo, what ticket? You have to buy your own ticket back home. I don't got no money. Not my problem. Dude drives off or whatever the case is. So I think it's like we by taking this step by step, we have to be a little bit more cautious about just the acts. Because I know a lot of people also feel like there is some form of victim blaming by saying um, you have to either know the company you keep or anything in that line. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I also get where that sentiment comes from. And there's definitely no victim. She should. There's nothing that could have possibly happened would, which would deserve that horrific shit that happened there. Um, but as a community, we have to start setting better standards for ourselves in terms of, and I'm again, this is removed from her, but in terms of like conversations about, oh, a man about to fly me out. Like, well, is that safe? Yeah, regardless, <laughs> regardless of how much you fuck with him or how much money he flashing or is it safe to do that? Like, what, what are the parameters or what are the qualifications that this individual needs to meet in order for this to be something that is acceptable? Like, we need to start building those those standards a little bit more. Why this particular case hits me um, like really hard is I've been on vacation where I've known one person and that person was my close friend and they wanted me to come with them somewhere and it'd be like, all right, cool. And then their friends are there, but I don't know all their friends Mm -hmm. and things can happen. I've seen instances, nothing to that extreme, but I've seen instances where I went, uh, I went somewhere recently. Well, not that recent, like two years ago. Um, I went away with it was my friend's birthday. She wanted me to come and everybody else was her family and her close, close friends. And one of her close friends was being a terror on that trip. And it was like, listen, <laughs> I got cousins. I got, <laughs> I got friends like I got people that can handle you if, if it needs to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But. Like that particular individual was just going around, just messing with everybody else on the trip. Luckily, my friend at the time checked her and was like, this is an acceptable behavior and you can't be acting like, like I don't know what's wrong with you, but you got to figure it out. Right. But imagine being in a scenario where that friend isn't doing it. And that's what we saw here. Homie sitting there with the phone talking about fight back. Right. Just just terrible, terrible standards of human beings and i can't wait to see what the fuck happens to them in terms of the jail <laughs> that's it that's all i need that under it. yeah under it under it um so what do you think of some vacationing best practices 
best practices um i would say if you're staying at a hotel always always check reviews as well as bnbs you're not staying like with family when you're in bnbs check everything for cameras Mm -hmm. because they tend to be there whether it says (laughs) it or not just double check anything that doesn't look like it's normal that I've been in a and b before. Um, I went out, out of state, and they, in the description, so there's only two cameras, one in the front by the garage, one in the back um, by the back entrance. But in the main living room, there was one that looked like a light bulb. Mm. But, like, at first, we just thought, okay, the light is out. And then we actually got up and looked. Oh, okay, it's a camera. Mm. I mean, it's it's the living area, so you wouldn't really expect nothing of it. But still, at least let us know that. That's one. Yeah, nah, shit, shit could get freaky in the living area. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that on your camera. <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, at least disclose that. Um, also, I feel that self-protection device um, weapons are necessary. I stuff mine in my toiletry bag <laughs> and I carry it everywhere. With we know me. you a ninja, for sure. <laughs> Flipping and shit, all that. A little bit. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, always carry something, even if it's pepper spray, if it's a spike or um, something. Never just walk out alone. And that's another thing. Always have somebody with you. I don't care if mm. you're just going to Miami, if you're going to Vegas, if you're going out to Jamaica, especially if it's out the country. Out always the country, have for sure. somebody with you. Do not ever be by yourself. And I feel like if you're going on a trip, like I've never been on a trip with people I did not know. Like, mm. like what you said, like you, a close friend invited you, but you don't know their friends. I've had that happen, but I would never go because I don't know these people. Right. I don't know what they're capable of. You've told me some unflattering stories about them. Right. I, even if they're good to you, I'd rather not put myself in that predicament right. because at the end of the day, I'm only going to have myself if right. something happens. Right. And what are you going to do? Play the fence? Right. Because we're both your friends. So it's just like, yeah, no, I thought about that ahead of time. I never accepted um, any invitation like that. Things like that just wasn't for me. If I do go on trips, it will literally be with the girls I call my sisters. And that's about it. So what is what is the line or distinction for you in terms of what is an acquaintance versus what is an actual person that you consider like a close friend? An acquaintance is somebody in passing, just someone, mm. like we interact on social media. If I see you, it's hi, or we'll have a little small talk conversation. Somebody that I would consider a friend, like you actually know me, like you can tell people about my personality. We have like back and forth discussions like this, intellectual conversations. We talk about each other's issues. We help each other. It goes beyond just the, oh, no, nah, you're doing great. Uh, yeah you too all right see you later <laughs> right, right 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 like that's what an acquaintance is to me and i feel like a lot of people have that line blurred because just because ar- you're around somebody frequently and most likely it's in a public setting right so you're not really doing any real discussion there so a lot of girls i realize and guys do it too they just fall into this crowd this social crowd that when they're outside yeah they look great they're like the best section or the best table but outside of that, you don't know anything. You don't know that. each other at all. Right. Like, you don't know your bro has a sister? But that's <laughs> your man's, though. I thought that was your man's. Right. Like, I'm telling you about his sister. It's like, yo, he has a sister. I'm just like, how do you not know these things? But right. that's supposed to be your friend. Yeah. Okay. That's your acquaintance. You don't really know them. Right. Anything that's beyond surface level is an acquaintance. 
That's a fact. Yeah. RIP to that young lady that she did not deserve that at all. Um, yeah, we got to do better. Grammy nominations are out. Um, one of the biggest conversations right now, Summer Walker had dropped the project last year. I don't know if you're a Summer fan or not, mm-hmm. but she got no nominations, not, not one nom. And if you look at the list, it ain't, I don't see, there's like two slots where I feel like a summer nomination could have 100% win. So, um, how you feel about that? Honestly, the Grammys, they lost all the weight they had a couple years ago, especially with how it's based. It's not even based on numbers. It's not based on charts. It's based on recording Academy executives and just who they feel right. should win. Right. It's not even if it was more audience based, then I could probably say something more. But other than that, just the way that the system is set up, I think that's wrong for the music industry. It should be based off charts. It should be based off numbers, because if not, what are they there for? Just your opinion, if it's even valued. Yeah, that <laughs> summer <laughs> summer should have got a nomination. I she think got a couple. Yeah, 100%. Because that was the R&B album on repeat when it came out. I know every girl was singing this, her whole album back to back. That's a fact. Like, there was there was nothing about that album that should not, that should have discredited from being at least nominated. Winning, who knows? That is a little bit different. I get it. I understand. But we haven't seen... A nomination for summer yet and that is a little we're starting to get into the space where summer has done enough where that's starting to feel a little weird that's almost starting to feel a little personal like what y'all got against summer <laughs> it could be her image because if you look nikki didn't get nominated nikki's another one nikki you know for a long time been battling and she didn't at first she claimed that she did she submitted it and right. it got moved to a different category. Right, it got moved to the, and then... She we, didn't even get the She nomination. didn't even get the knob. Exactly. So I, that's why I said, none of that makes sense to me. It feels like if you don't cater to them or you don't represent their image, you're not going to win. But like you said, the, the Grammys has lost a lot of credibility. I mean, ever since that Macklemore, Kendrick shit, we've been looking yeah. at... <laughs> we've been looking at them different ever since. So, I mean... <laughs> Do we really even care as much? I think it matters for the artists because it opens up particular doors when they are Grammy nominated or Grammy award winning. Because it's the highest honor in music. Right. Technically. Technically. But we, I think we need to start making a concerted effort to make something else um, that actually holds a little bit more weight um, like that major honor. Because these folks ain't changing no time soon. Yeah, it's either we find another um, award or change the system that the Grammys is based off of. Because mm. this one is not doing it. Yeah, that ain't it. <clears throat> another thing that ain't it is uh, Twitter. Everybody thinks that Twitter's about to die. <laughs> I don't know if you... Were you a major Twitter user? Or do you still use Twitter? I My Twitter days were like back in 2012. <laughs> it's been t- almost yeah it's been 10 years since i've been on twitter twitter i i don't know i lost its touch it wasn't really for me twitter's had its phases so twitter when it first came out was like the wild wild west everybody (laughs) loved it because it was the wild wild west and then 
it became overrun by like think pieces and everybody going on there to cancel other people, dig up old tweets. Mm. And I think at that period of time, a lot of people kind of like left Twitter or left it alone. And then the rise of black Twitter came about and black Twitter has been holding Twitter down for, (laughs) I would say at least the last five years, if not longer. Um, Yeah. Now Twitter, I think is the space where we don't know what besides black Twitter, we don't know what else to like. People don't get famous off of Twitter. Like they used to. That's what brought people to it in like, Oh nine. Right. Is you said something crazy or funny. You got enough retweets. Yeah. It was over. You, you were going to get that blue check and Mm. you was out of here. And that reach isn't there as much on Twitter with all these social media platforms you need to get on them early like you need to almost be a predictor that they're going to blow up like i would have said you should probably have been on tiktok maybe three years ago um but did the window is still open that if you put up consistent content on tiktok you're going to blow up right like instagram there was a sweet spot maybe after like two years in that if you were consistent on there you got the large numbers and then you blew up And so, like, a lot of people, I think, ran to Twitter in the beginning because of that. But then as Twitter has transformed and changed, it's a lot harder to get an audience just from, you know, throwing up a tweet. You literally got to catch the moment or the trending topic, say something that's really, really popping, and then (laughs) continuously do that for a long period of time before you can get, like, an audience. So, um, but it is unfortunate because it does feel like Twitter has been what people deem to call the town hall. They call it the town hall because everybody can offer an opinion on a, on a hot topic. And, uh, you know, depending on the topic, your tweet will be seen by multiple people in it. People can agree with it, disagree with it, whatever the case is. With it potentially being destroyed, I don't know if it's going anywhere, but with it potentially being something that will not be sustained within this year with Elon at the helm, um, do we feel like that's going to impact society? I feel like they're just going to find something else Mm. if Twitter were to implode. (laughs) (laughs) Because you saw what happened um, when Instagram started making all those drastic changes and the algorithm and all of that. Instagram bugging out. Now it becomes a math project to make a post. (laughs) So everyone flocked over to TikTok. That's where it gained its speed when Instagram started messing around. Doing too much. Instagram started wanting to become TikTok. Right. This is where we are now. (laughs) But as far as Twitter, um, I really feel like they'll just find something else. There'll never be anything that can replicate it because it is the first platform like that of its kind. So as far as um, its longevity, that is in question because Elon came in with a bunch of promises and now he's there. It seems like he's just double backing on them. He don't know what the fuck he doing. That's that's really what it comes down to. He thought he knew what it was that he was doing. I mean, the moment I already knew, but the moment he was like, yeah, $8 a month that anybody could get a blue check. I was like, oh, he don't know what the fuck he doing. He's yeah, because like, what validity is that? Like, the check is there for verification. Like, right. Now I'm paying for it. So what, what value does it hold? And I can now create an account, get whatever numbers I need to get, make it look exactly like an account that exists and then put some false shit out there. Exactly. And then now I'm what? paying $8. I'm verified. I got a blue check. I got a blue check next to me. 
So now so what? So what I'm saying must be true. Yeah. Chaos. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's, and we so fucking stupid as a human race that the moment we see a blue check, we just assume it's just reality is, oh, that must be true. Like, that is, it's the conditioning mm-hmm. is crazy right now. Like, we are conditioned for some really, really dumb shit. But yeah, he don't know what he's doing, and he's trying to make <laughs> it seem like he do. And like, oh, yeah, no, I'm about to transform this shit and flip it upside down. No, you about to fuck it up, Did sir. Did you see he made a poll asking if Trump should be let back? And he has allowed Trump back on. Wait, that went through? Yes, it did last night. I didn't see that. Wow. <laughs> last night. the Are the serious? Yep, the poll apparently. Um, I saw the poll, but he went off the poll and put. He put, wow. he reinstated Trump's account um, last wow. night. So the poll had, it was 52% to 48 um, people said yes, they want Trump back on. And um, yeah. While he's going to be running? Oh my God. Yeah, it's bad. It's, wow. it's about to get crazy out here. Wow, do they not remember what happened the last time he was they, on Twitter? They don't. They, they don't. The they, Capitol ring a bell, maybe? Nah, nah, they don't know no. nothing about that. They wow, he let him back. <laughs> and he just announced he's running again. He That's just announced that he is running again. Crazy. Um I don't think he has the same fire as last time. The only thing is he didn't have fire in the beginning um, last go around. But I think that the Republican Party is looking to move away from him. Um, Ron DeSantis has been the one that they're trying to get behind. He another one for me that ain't it. <laughs> but um, they've been trying to get behind him. But you you just know with Trump's celebrity status he can say or do something at any moment in time that is going to get a large amount of eyes on him and if the people decide to go behind him it don't matter what the the party wants and that's the scary part about trump i think the first time it was as a joke because everyone was just like yeah let's just vote for him he's not really gonna win let's just see what's gonna happen right saw what happened right <laughs> and that became a shit show within itself he turned the country into a reality show 100 percent. that i couldn't even take us seriously anymore so like it's no surprise that he lost the second time i mean he lost the second time he ran but this time i like you said i don't see the republican party backing him as strongly or not as vocally because yeah. you never know they pockets might say different right right but as vocally they're not and um i don't think the people as a whole would want him back he there's a lot that as a president i don't even know how he's still not behind bars <laughs> there's that yeah it's like you have a whole subpoena against you and you're running for president how is this okay but anyway yeah i don't i'm not sure where that's going but i don't think he'll win a second time yeah so (laughs) i agree with you a thousand percent i don't as of right now where the climate is what it feels like one the republican party has been very like when they're getting asked about would they back another trump presidency a lot of them are are leaving the door open for there to be challengers like uh, Mitch McConnell has said something recently where he was like, listen, the Republican Party is open to um, all possibilities. But I think that there are going to be other candidates this time around that are going to be strong possibilities um, for us to get behind. Instead of them saying, I support Trump 100 percent. Trump has been going out killing Mitch McConnell. He's been going out um, attacking Ron DeSantis. So 
that primary is going to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They're going to go ham over on that side. The problem is Biden just turned 80. <laughs> and he's not the most popular president. Um, so the question now becomes, does someone else run against Bi- Biden and do in a primary? Um, and do does that happen? And does that hurt or help the chances of the Democratic Party of staying in power or not? And then also, right, is Biden doing what the people want? You know, that that's where we've been circling the same drain for forever, where it's like the Republican Party has been pushing some shit that has been really, really terrible for human rights and things of that nature. But then it's like when the Democrats come in, they either kind of go to what people consider to be the far left or they don't get shit done. So... Mm-hmm. We've been kind of circling this dream for a little bit in terms of are we in a space where the average day American is happy? And I don't think we've seen that for a minute. No, especially not now. We're in a whole recession. What's there to be happy about? <laughs> <laughs> right. Whether they want to say it or not. Like, like the last time I could say that Americans as a whole were happy would probably be Obama's second term. Yeah. I would say that was like a golden peak because his first term, he was left to shit stuff. wasn't his fault. He has to clean all of that. That's but the second term when he was in place where he had his policies together, I feel like that was just the overall goal standard that we needed as a president. Trump, we saw what happened. Biden is trying to piggyback off Obama, but he's not full fully pushing through with everything that he's saying he'll give you like he's like an indian giver he's like here apply for this let's see if we take oh no they blocked it never mind yeah and that's not his fault uh that's that's the congress you know and that he's dealing with but that shows they where their allegiance is in comparison to him because even obama some of the things that he passed it wasn't easy but he still got it done See, with Obama, what he was able to have a larger majority in uh, the House and in the Senate. So what, what Obama was facing was Democrats who were afraid that if these things were pushed, they were going to get voted out in the next term. But they were there. So it was like, listen, y'all either do this or what's up. <laughs> right. So they ended up pushing his shit a little bit more. Biden has a razor thin um well did he no longer has that in the house um he had a razor thin majority and so it was still a little bit harder for him to push things as well as biden just ain't as charismatic as obama and that'll (laughs) never that'll never be the case like yeah well i mean at 80 (laughs) there's a lot going on there uh i know newson um, the California, I believe he's a governor, the governor of California. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves him. Um, there's been rumors that he might end up being a. Pre- I I don't know. I don't know what's going to be the best, but he probably will be running for president at some time. For he sure, would be my top candidate because everything he's done for California. Oh my god! Yeah, he he's just like, gets the shit done. Do it for the country. Yeah, he's been getting the rest of us. He's been getting shit done. <laughs> I ain't gonna hold you. He's been getting shit done. Um, there was a. There was even a Republican. It was year. It was when uh, Trump first ran that I thought had some sensible ideas. He was older. I can't remember his name. Nobody kill me. But um, he he even had some more sensible ideas than 
what the fuck a bunch of people have been doing lately. But yeah, Newsom would probably be my my my, my main my, my choice. Yeah, like. for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, Taylor Swift has been beefing with Ticketmaster because Ticketmaster has pretty much been exposed for doing some goofy shit with tickets. So I don't know if you've tried to go to a concert lately, but a lot of times what's happening is the tickets will come out, and let's say, uh, let's say general admission. Just for just to keep it simple, it's sixty dollars. It'll be out. You'll try. You'll get. You'll buy two tickets. One twenty. Be ready to check out. To say, oops, sorry. The what you call it? Those tickets have been sold. Mm-hmm. So now you try and go back, and that sixty dollar ticket is now one hundred and twenty dollars itself. So now if you try to get those two tickets, now you're paying two forty. And then again, you might not be able to, to check out. Mm-hmm. And so then what you end up having to do is go to like SeatGeek, or you'll go to the resale. On Ticketmaster. And now, though, that same ticket is now reselling for $300. And so that's pretty much what happened with Taylor, where all her ticket, basically, there are people selling her ticket right now for $20,000 to, to be able to go to the Taylor Swift show. Um, <laughs> and so, one, Ticketmaster gets a cut off of the resale. So they're getting a cut from selling the original ticket at the $60 price. Then they're getting a cut of the resale at the $300 price. And so some people are suggesting, and now the, I believe it's, well, I can't remember which agency, but a governmental agency is now looking into them based off of this practice. What is actually happening? Because a lot of people are feeling like it's purposely being done. And some, there's evidence that there are some artists that do that to themselves, right? They'll buy a bulk amount of tickets and then resell them because, they are not getting whatever cut that they feel like they should. So they'll do that. Mm-hmm. But now they're feeling like Ticketmaster might be doing that, where they're, sell, they're buying a bulk and then reselling it and then making these prices go up because they get, who knows, it's probably a percentage, right? Mm-hmm. So if you get to put a ticket out for $20,000 and you're getting 30% of that as opposed to 30% of a $60 ticket, you're making some bank. So... Have you tried to go to any car concerts? Like, have you seen seen these tickets prices? I have not lately. Oh, see, you lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I, the most recent one I would have went to would have either been the Burner Boy or Wizkids concerts, but I worked. <sighs> Burner Boy uh, did Afro Punk. I heard. Yeah, I stayed in the rain for that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to hear Last Last Live. Like, I'm sorry, I that had to must see. Have been an experience. Oh yeah, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> I was it was crazy because I was about to leave and when I was about to leave all my boys showed up and I was like where did y'all come I didn't know they was gonna be there and they just all showed up at the same time like yo what up and I was like yo what up and then like he came on shut it down it was a beautiful thing but yeah um that is what's happening with Ticketmaster we're gonna see where that ends up but definitely there's a governmental agency now uh figuring out what's cooking with them in Live Nation we probably going to find some shit out, too. I'm, <laughs> I'm 100% sure. Um, so, we got a new listener um, last week, and he inboxed me, and he asked me to go over the Kyrie and Kanye situations. Now, I have, we've said on the show, like, weeks ago that we were going to stop talking about Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's been in the news way too much, and... The stance over here is pretty much that on top of his 
mental health. Um, like he just needs help in in general. Not to say that some of the things he's saying isn't true or can't be uh, talked about or debated, but um, overall, Kanye definitely needs help, and he's not getting it. He has been diagnosed as bipolar. I am in the psych field. I can see a bipolar manic episode when I see one, and that is exactly what he is going through. And because there are certain types of bipolar that if you do not treat it, basically, and I I don't know if I said it on the show or not, but I'll reiterate it. It's like a rubber band. Like you keep pulling and it'll, it snaps back. So what's going to end up happening is we're going to start seeing more extreme episodes from him. They're going to start to get into the unknown and into the, wait a minute, there is really, really something wrong because when you have a particular type of bipolar, you need the medication to kind of put blockers or parameters on how far left you go and how far right you go. And when you don't have it, your mind just continues to basically break down whatever um, natural walls you have of that that exist. And you just start to go as far left, as far right. So that means extreme depressions and extreme manic episodes. Um, so I'm just praying for that brother in terms of that instance. Um, in terms of what he's been saying, as I've said before, there are there are ways to bring up some injustices and there are ways to pinpoint um, unfairness without necessarily making other people feel or other cultures or other religions feel as if you are then also attacking them. Um, and I encourage people if they, they haven't to speak to Jewish friends and anybody within the religion, um, to get a deeper understanding as to why some of what Kyrie and Kanye have either promoted or said can be seen as harmful. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that what they're saying can't be debated or spoken about. And that is where I think there's a difference between Kanye and Kyrie. I don't think Kyrie has intentionally tried to harm the Jewish community. I think that by sharing the video that he shared, he wasn't aware of all that was in it. Um, or maybe there were particular aspects of the video in the book that he did find helpful. And that's what he said. Um, doesn't necessarily means he believed everything that's within it, like Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic Park, and it's very entertaining. Doesn't mean I think that, you know, it's a good idea to clone some dinosaurs, right? Like, But I get that aspect of it where, you know, just retweeting it without context or whatever can be harmful to um, a group of people that when they go and they might look at it, they'd be like, wait, what the fuck? Like, I had a conversation the other day, um, and... One of the people that I was speaking to basically was saying something along the lines of like the transatlantic slave trade. And I was thinking about it in terms of like, yo, there are people out there that say that that never happened. There are people that deny that. There are people that say that people were not really, there weren't that many slaves or, you know, slavery wasn't that bad or whatever the case is. Now, I know that most of us would hear that. And say, what the fuck are y'all talking about? <laughs> Most of us would hear that and feel offended. But there are groups of people and there, there is literature out there. Not 
literature that's backed by any anybody that I would say is credible. But there is literature out there that basically tries to diminish the slave trade. And so when you have films or books that say that the Holocaust never existed or contemporary people within the faith are actually Satan worshipers, things of that nature, that can be very harmful um, because it mirrors language that was used um, by Hitler in order to even get the rest of the Germans to decide to do what they did in terms of the Holocaust. Um, again, now I know that there are conspiracy theorists and or things that are outside of mainstream learning that basically even question that. But I don't like to step into those realms because that is just I'm I can't prove nothing like that. I can only go off of what history dictates. Um, and so that is the lane that I'm going to stay in. Now, again, with Kyrie, I don't think that he intentionally tried to do that. I think that the list that they gave him in terms of demands, I think that was unreasonable and unnecessary because it, it felt more like they were making an example of him in front of everybody. Um, do I think that he has, he should uh, have spoken to different people to get a better understanding and learning? Absolutely, because I think everybody does. If I say something ignorant, I would love for someone to correct me and let me know why what I said or did was ignorant. Um, so that aspect, cool. But to publicly put it out there, these are the list of things he needs to do in order to get back on the court. I think it sets a bad example, and I think it puts uh, something on his character that I don't necessarily think was there. Now, the only caveat I will say, um, and then, Steph, if you have anything you want to add on this topic, um, but the only caveat is in the beginning, he was very defiant. Like, he was very much, um, I think, because of his adversarial relationship with media, he felt like he was he didn't have to answer certain questions in a particular light or way. And I think that that is where certain people might have had uh, questions or felt like his answers were distasteful when he was saying, well, I know where I come from, so I can't be this if that instead of just simply saying, no, those are not my sentiments. And you guys are really doing the most in trying to put that on me. I think that if he would have kind of went more that route, it might have been a, a little bit less of a backlash. But, you know, when people have their sights on you, people have their sights on you. Um, so thank you for that fan request. That is all you're getting from me. I don't want to return back to this this topic, honestly, uh, only because, again, I think Kanye is dealing with mental health. And some of the things that he's saying is very harmful, but it's a mental health crisis. It's, it's not something to have a, a think piece or opinion on too much. Um, and I think with Kyrie, Kyrie himself has spoken out and said that, you know, has set his stance on it. Um, and I agree with what he said. And I agree in terms of him taking some accountability. I think it could have just came a little bit sooner. And that's kind of where I stand with that. You just hit every single point. I would have, so I have nothing else to add. So we're going to move the fuck on. That's <laughs> I, I, I really think, you know, I, I do appreciate the the um the request on the topic. I think that that's super dope, Um, and everybody, please continue to do so. Um, But, yeah, I, that is, I know that people want these extreme takes on, on this topic. It's either you're pro-black and you have to stand with Kyrie or you are a sellout and you don't stand with the black race because you have some criticisms um, of him. I do think like Stephen A um, and Shaq and some of them, they might have went a little bit too extreme on the brother. Like they went too hard because it wasn't an instance where he was just basically trying to stay ignorant. Like he wasn't trying to just be an ignorant 
person um, and it's got to be ignorant, not ignorant. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, I also think that there was accountability that he should have said. And a lot of it is easy for us to diminish if you don't or if you've never spoken to a Jewish person, if you don't have Jewish friends. Um, I have Jewish friends. I've grew up with Jewish people. I'm a little bit more sensitive to the things or a little bit more in the know um, than I think a lot of people that I at least had certain conversations with in terms of why certain things do not sit well with that community. Like a lot of people think by saying, oh, Jewish people run the world. That's like a compliment. And it's, it's like a backhanded compliment in a sense where it's like, well, they run everything. So, you know, nah, nah, nah. but a lot of people aren't putting in the historical context of that being the same thing that was used um, to get, again, the everybody against them. And allow the Holocaust to happen because it was essentially being said Jewish people run everything and we have to get them out of government. We got to get them out the banking system. We got to get them out everything. And the way to do that is to round everybody up that identifies as Jewish and put them in a concentration camp. And that was what ended up happening. And as you, I don't know if many people paid attention, but what happened soon after Kanye's comments where people start to hang flags, anti-Semitic flags and stuff like that. So even if as an individual, you're not trying to push that when you have a certain status, you tend to give the green light for other people to think that that is OK and acceptable. Um, and I think uh, Kyrie summed it up the best. He said, we're all human. I'm part of the human race and I want us all to elevate together. And that is my stance on this. And I think that that's the most reasonable place to be. Um, let's talk about what's unreasonable. I'm going to take us there right now. Hold up. I got you real quick. So Georgia has this man running. Oh, you ever watch a stupid movie late at night, hoping going to get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway. Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires and cool people, are they not? But I'm going to tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I wanted to be a werewolf. But then, anyway, as I'm watching this movie, and then you can tell how stupid it is because it's one in the morning. So I'm watching my TV. Are these kids watching their TV? A vampire kill on their TV. Y'all let this man get this far. So you know it's kind of stupid, but I'm still watching it. As I'm watching this show, I gotta listen to this. What was funny? These kids had a vampire in their attic at their house, so they were watching their TV. Now I'm watching my TV as they watching their TV or they see the vampire killer on their TV. So they win this contest to bring this actor. Now y'all gotta stay with me. Bring this actor who's a vampire killer from their TV to get rid of this real life vampire in their attic. So as this actor comes to their home, he got all the right stuff. He got all the right stuff because you know I gotta have a state and gotta have a thing. He to, really to, thought to he kill was killing the heart. too. And he got a necklace of garlic, cause that worked. I don't know what it does, but it worked. You got to have a cross because it burns. I know that worked. And then all of a sudden, this is what was so funny about it. As they're walking through the house, this, 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 this guy's got the holy water. He's blessing the house, this actor. Now, he's all fake. He's blessing the house with his holy water. They walked upstairs in this vampire looking real good in this black suit. George, Whoa, well, that sounds like Senator Warnock, doesn't it? Looking all good in this black suit. Floated from the ceiling. He floated from the ceiling looking good and cool. And I'm thinking, whoa, they better get out of that house. If somebody float from your ceiling, get out of that house. That's that's not your house. But as he floated from the ceiling, the kid jumped behind that hero. As they jumped behind that hero, the guy jumped in front of him with this holy water, threw it on the vampire's forehead. He covered his eyes. 
Then he took his hand away. He started laughing. And he said, that don't work. He took the cross, he put it on the vampire's forehead. And the vampire didn't even do anything. He said, that don't work. And that's the way it is in our life. It doesn't even work unless you got faith. <laughs> he thought he ate. <laughs> Cut America's meat. <laughs> he really thought he was doing something there. Georgia, what the fuck are y'all doing over there? That margin was too close for <laughs> Way too close. Y'all in a runoff, and this man is in the runoff. If y'all let that man get anything close over forty five percent, Georgia need to really. I don't know. We need to send somebody in there because <laughs> that that really that don't make no sense. <laughs> that, that that man, that's the man that y'all got running to to represent you in the Senate. That don't make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a joke at first. <laughs> no, that that was a real. Nah, when I looked into, because when I saw it, because he was a football player, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I first saw it, I thought it, he was like speaking at a rally on behalf of somebody. Then nah. his name is on the banners, and that's what came out his mouth. Yeah, now nah, the CTE is is CTE over there. <laughs> um, Nancy Pelosi uh, stepped down from leadership. I don't blame her. Yeah, yeah. I do not. Especially yeah. after what happened to her husband. Yeah. Absolutely not. What happened yeah. at the Capitol? Yeah. Absolutely not. I do not blame her. I don't either. Um, she's given us some amazing years. First woman, Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't just a, you know, uh, it wasn't just a check mark. It wasn't uh, just a quote, quote unquote, uh, just an equality, you know, statistic. She did her damn thing. Probably one of the best speakers of the house that have ever existed. Um, so I don't care what side of the aisle you stand on. You got to <laughs> just look at what she's done. And she's been in there. Get, you got to give her her flowers. That's a fact. She's she, been there for she a minute. Stood for everybody. That's a fact. Everybody. Nah. I, she, that was, that was a, a career well done. She deserves her flowers now while she can still have them. Cryptocurrency is in the dumps. Um, a lot of people think that regulation is coming. I don't know if you kind of jumped into the crypto game. Mm-mm. Yeah, because I felt like this was coming. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> a lot of people were way too hype about it, and I'm like, but what's backing it? <laughs> like, what is what is the exchange going on here besides the market is saying that this is hot. I'm like, all right, cool, but what happens when the market says it's not hot? And there's nothing there to back these tokens. Um, now, that doesn't mean that there won't be a rise again, but it just seems like this particular market is very volatile. Um, so it really is a gamble. You could jump in. You could jump out. A lot of people lost millions because a lot of people changed their 401ks and into cryptocurrency thinking that they were going to get um, a doubled-up investment um but yeah crypto is down across the board it's been down since summertime and one of the reasons why i think is because i consider it like a luxury stock quote unquote and what i mean by that is when the economy is in a great place crypto is probably what you want to be in because people are willing to spend experimental money people are willing to say oh well you know i don't really have any proof that this works but i'll put a little money in it and if it accrues over time, it accrues. 
If it doesn't, it doesn't. But when shit is bad, like now, when you got inflation, you got this, you got that, people are going to pull their money out and people are not going to be as willing to just invest to invest. Um, and because of that, you're going to see these type of crashes. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you saw it coming, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not saying that crypto won't bounce back. It most like it most definitely will. But when when crypto first came out, there was such a it was like a gold rush. Yeah, exactly. And what happened with the gold rush? It right. eventually crashed. Right. It ended. A lot of people moved out west, went broke, lost their whole livelihood chasing that. And so I'm like, I'm going to give you about a good five, ten years. Right. Then we'll see. But initially, that head fast, absolutely not. What is it? What's it backed by? What is my return? Is it guaranteed? Like, right. No, nah, I'm not playing with my money like that. Yeah, yeah, nah. nah. It's, it's when you up, up, and you like, ah! You know, I got the, the five. pandemic boys. Yeah. That's what that was. <laughs> the pandemic boys. It was on that heavy. 100%. Because that wasn't their money. <laughs> let me just put this shit over here. <laughs> put this PPP loan over here and let it double up real quick. You know what I mean? But if money can shoot up the way it did during the GameStop and AMC craze, it means it can shoot down just as fast. Um, and if the whole market goes, um, no. So. I'm not saying not to invest. I definitely think putting a little something in, um, you know, and they also say when it's down is the best time, of course. But you have to put money in being aware that these crashes are way they're One, they're not regulated. So, like, there's a regulation with the banks and stocks to some extent. There's a, a particular amount of money that you can lose um in certain instances but this is you can your whole shit can get wiped out and that's that and good luck <laughs> um so there might be regulation in the future but i know that market doesn't want to be regulated they they would prefer it because once the banks and stuff get involved then now there is a cap to how much money you can put in or take out or you might have to go through these steps and the idea is that the crypto market is a free market um completely um all right, we are at the end of the show. Steph, do you have any parting words for the audience? Well, for you, I just want to say thank you so much for having me back. It's been a pleasure. It's been way too long, however. <laughs> I'm just going to sweep that in there. Hey, she but, gave me that black woman, you know, <laughs> that black woman yell at. My but fault. no, I really do love and appreciate you for having me. It's always so much fun being here. Um, as far as everybody else, you always know with me, my biggest thing is go after your goals, trace your dreams. There's nothing too big that you weren't capable of as long as you work hard for it. Your whole world is literally at your fingertips. Mm. That is beautiful. Um, Steph, you know, I love you. <laughs> you know, I appreciate you. Um, I'm glad you came back on the show. Um, but I'm just glad to reconnect with you because I haven't seen you in way too long. <laughs> um, what would dad say? Dad would say, I want everybody to just think about how amazing it is to end up being the focal point or the, the pinnacle point rather in somebody's life where their life then transforms. Understand what that power is. So imagine this person was on a different path or looked at life differently before they met you. And by meeting you, you were able to inspire them. You were able to make them think more. You were able to allow them to love better. 
keep that in mind and live your day, live your life with that understanding that the people that you come across is an opportunity to transform who they are, whether it's positive or negative. I will hope that it's positive, but you have the power to do both. And that power is in your hands. Another episode of Dad Has Some Bow Ties. Peace.